Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Welcome back to our international news review. Joining us today, Don Pierce from the U.S. Don, of course, is the senior advisor at Taurus Trade Advisory. Uh, unfortunately, Steve Oaken was going to join us, Don, but uh, he is uh, stuck with bad connectivity in Jaipur in India and can't get on with us. So it's all about you today. Great to see you again, Don. Great to be here, though I wish it were better circumstances, and uh, I'm going to kind of miss having Steve. To me. I, I know, I know. It's, it's like, well, you know, let's, I guess we'll give him the day off. Ah, don't be modest, Don. <laughs> he was always going to be the warm-up man for the main event, which is you. <laughs> well, Don, you have done so much over the course of your career. Of course, you were uh, recent. Uh, prior based in Singapore, as many folks know you here, and now you're back in the D.C. area and uh, having worked in government, and now you're at uh, Taurus Trade Advisory. We would like to talk to you today about the ongoing and increasing sanctions uh, against Russia. Uh, in the news today, the G7 has uh, is taken away the most favored nation status, trade status with Russia. U.S. is banning Russian seafood, alcohol, and diamonds. Mm. I mean, uh, they're going to stop acting access uh, to the IMF and the world. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff happening. Give us an overview, will you, of, of where we're at with the sanctions, uh, first of all. So, first of all, this is unprecedented. In, in my 30 years of uh, compliance-related enforcement work and uh, compliance-related uh, consultancy, I've never seen anything happen this fast and this comprehensively in such a a short order and i think in addition to um to the to the u.s and the eu sanctions it should be noted that uh, singapore has uh stepped up south korea after originally um kind of looking a little bit weak on it ended up stepping up and of all places switzerland Hmm. Yeah, when you lose the Swiss neutrality, <laughs> yeah. I think you really have to ask yourself, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. And I think, interestingly enough, for the Biden administration, this comes at an excellent time with regards to trade compliance. Because the goal of the administration has been to push the idea of plurilateral controls, Mm. which in short is to get your friends together and let's make sure we're all on the same sheet of music. Uh, There are multilateral control regimes in place that in theory should be doing this already, but they require consensus. And as in the case of the Vosnar arrangement on dual use and small arms controls, you've got uh, Russia as a member. And since you would need to do anything by consensus, getting things changed because of Russia's activity in the Vosnar would would be impossible. Don, let's so, focus. Sorry to jump in there. Let's focus on these certainly. sanctions a little bit. When when the invasion occurred initially, there was a lot of talk about uh, priced in. This idea that Vladimir Putin would have priced in a certain amount of sanctions, he would have expected a certain amount of routine sanctions. I mean, a couple of points to that. One, do you think he would have anticipated this level of sanctions around the world? Because at some point, there is an argument, Don, isn't there, that it's going to hurt the countries doing the sanctioning more than it is Russia. Because the theory was, whatever else happens, the world still needs 
the energy. They still need the oil and gas. So are they willing to hurt themselves more than Russia itself? So do you really think, Don, that Putin factored in this level of sanctioning? I don't think he factored in this level of sanctioning. In fact, I didn't even factor in this level of sanctioning. <laughs> yeah. um, I honestly thought this would be more of a trickle than a flow. Um, and I also um, am proud of the fact that it is not just the, the big boys, that it is a, a plurilateral uh, movement to, you know, I mean, you've got and, and, and it's across the boards. It's it's not just I mean, putting putting Vladimir Putin on a sanctions list is a, a great statement. But honestly, his personal assets are not being held in his name. Mm. Yeah. So to get those personal assets, you have to go after the shell corporations and the folks that are close to the administration that are holding those in trust for Vladimir Putin. And, and fact, that's a, um, yeah, and Don, that's a good question because the, the we've seen the U.S. adding to the oligarch list of, of people that are going to be hurt and around the world in the U.K. and elsewhere, they're looking at the, the holdings of oligarchs. Um, will it make much of a difference? At, because as you rightly just point out, there's so much been written already about how um, many of these assets, whether it's a super yacht or homes or whatever, are are not in that person's name, although everybody pretty much knows who owns what. So will those types of sanctions be impactful um, if they've got to try to unravel uh, whatever holding companies there might be? And that's already happening. In fact, uh, there's a yacht in Italy that uh, uh, is believed to be owned for Vladimir Putin. Um, I think it's a $700 million yacht. You know, I'm not too up on the luxury yacht costs nowadays. (laughs) But the the and here's an excellent example of a uh, in this case, plurilateral action, the United States identifying an asset and working with the Italians to find out what can we do between our two systems. And that's, I think, frankly, the future of export compliance writ large. Hmm. And, uh, and, and this is actually something that companies and, and exporters and folks in, in, in commercial trade need to keep in mind is that, yes, the, the Ukraine sanctions are important and they're huge and they're for the probably first time in my life in headlines on a regular basis. But uh, just just recently, the uh, United States also sanctioned several companies that may have aided in the North Korean missile pro- program, which, you know, a couple of tests over the last two days that were allegedly for a satellite, but uh, possibly for a multiple reentry uh, vehicle bus. So, mm-hmm. and this, this, it's, I was going to say, let's bring it back down to Putin and the impact it may have on the invasion. Coming back to yachts, you know, this week, prominent news in the UK, they finally sanctioned six prominent oligarchs with billions of dollars of uh, investments in the UK through property and yachts and football clubs. Uh, Roman Abramovich is the headline news. He's been front and back page news because he's the only owner of Chelsea Football Club, or he was until this week, and now the club has been sanctioned. And the point being... As they go after these so-called Putin cronies, if you take the example of Abramovich, yes, he initially made his money with the breakup of the old Soviet Union in the energy industries. But the argument is, in recent years, someone like Abramovich has been increasingly detached from Putin. However, 
there is a link to one of his companies to, I think, the steel or, or some of the metals that are possibly used in the manufacturing of Russian weapons. And that's why he's been, that's the legal reason why he's been sanctioned. But broadly, Don, what impact does this have specifically on Putin and his invasion of Ukraine? So the impact is is probably going to take a while for mm. it to, in this case, trickle up. Um, you've already got the crews on those uh, yachts um, not getting paid. You've uh, there's already been one um, Ukrainian crewman who attempted to sink one of these yachts. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear that story. That sounds fun. <laughs> oh no, yeah, um, that's in, great. In, that's in, great. In, in, in Italy, I believe he was released on recognizance. I have not followed up. That's great. Well, I think um, I think that falls under the category of a victimless crime. Yeah, <laughs> this is where I'm going to be completely unprofessional, Don, and say editorializing. But the idea of a six hundred million dollar yacht being sunk just makes me laugh. It just just hits me where I live, Don. <laughs> oh, and and as, as since we're talking about yachts and safety, um, one of the things the that the oligarchs apparently are doing is they're telling their crews to turn off the automatic identification oh, system, right, right. transponders, going dark. That. Yeah, which which is interesting because that puts them in the leagues with like you know Somali pirates and <laughs> um, the 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 North Korean uh, yeah. uh, bunkering fuel. Sure. So, so you've got <laughs> also not good. Um, so, and you also have them protecting uh, 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 assets by moving them to places where there haven't been significant mm. uh, uh, sanctions activity, such as the UAE, which mm. in in, a, in effect may make Russia the next Iran, as Iran was able to or utilize uh, the UAE as a critical transit point for its sanctions evasion programs. Hey, Don, let's, um, let's close off our conversation. We, you know, obviously, we can talk all day about the, the different ramifications of this. But one of the arguments against heavy sanctions has been that ordinary people will be hurt more on the street already. You know, the ruble has been devalued, people lining up at the cash In machines. all countries, not just Russia. I mean, UK fuel prices are going through the roof. Singapore fuel prices are already rising. You know, Exactly. Yeah. Everywhere. And in the US, of course, uh, over $5 a gallon for gas. So uh, let's, let's talk about the personal cost, ex-oligarch, ex-Putin, uh, what do sanctions usually do um, to regular people that have nothing to do uh, with with what's happening, you know, frankly, in the, for, from the military action? So you are already seeing an economic effect uh, on the average Russian as as with the average person worldwide, uh, we, we are all dealing with you know, incredible inflation, uh, inflation we haven't seen in years. And it's going to be only that much more intense for your for the Russians. Um, you're seeing Western organizations that are pulling out already. Mm. Uh, McDonald's, um, you know, one of the first yep. to establish a, a real presence in the Russian market. Marriott, um, Marriott just announced, I think, yesterday as well. There. Starbucks, Starbucks, and, uh, one or two many, many. Starbucks many apps, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. We had a Starbucks at the embassy for a while, of ser- proudly serving Starbucks uh, uh, setup, <laughs> and the uh, Secretary of Commerce on on uh, at one point came to visit, and uh, Secretary Gutierrez was a big Starbucks coffee fan, so he had the first <laughs> cup of Starbucks coffee in Russia. Wow. <laughs> so, um, it, it, so this, these are, and these, you know, we kind of laugh, and it's kind of a, you know, kind of a big deal, but 
the problem here is that they are not pulling out specifically because of sanctions. As far as I know, coffee, beans, no problem. But they're pulling out because of the uh, the the social issue around the the, the ESG ESG factor. (laughs) And honestly, probably because in about six months, nobody's going to be able to afford a four dollar cup of coffee. Yeah. Wow. Don, we do do have to leave it there. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, Those of you who are also hoping to see Steve Oaken, unfortunately, uh, Steve had some connectivity problems from India, but we'll be back next week. And Don, we certainly hope to have you back on again uh, very soon as well. Always great to talk with you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Always great to see you guys. Have a great day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.